0: Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the JASO Modcast Network change that, as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives, in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed, because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change.
1: Hi, I'm Melissa ridley Elms, and I won the 2019 Open Contract Challenge from World of Myth, on Dark Myth Publications. And my book, <laughs> Arthurian Things, A Collection of Poems, was published in January 2020. And so far, it has received some very nice reviews, and a couple of the members of the Science Fiction Poetry Association are considering it for a nomination for an Elgin Award. So, if you're wondering, is this a real contest? It is a real contest, and if you're wondering, um, do I, should I submit, I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, well, do you want to be a published writer? Take a chance. The worst thing that can happen is you don't win, and the best thing that can happen is you do win, and you publish your book. Go for it.
0: My name is Walter G. Esselman, and I am the winner of the 2020 Open Contract Challenge. It's real. My book, Super Horror Max. I took it to a convention this weekend and was selling it. So check it out. Dreams can come true.
1: Hi, my name is Peggy Gerber and I'm the 2021 Open Contract Challenge Grand Prize winner. Because of this competition, I can now proudly call myself the author of the published book, Stumbling in Crazy Town. To learn more about this amazing opportunity, go to www.opencontractchallenge.com and make all your publishing dreams come true. And now, enjoy this free JayZoModcast Modcast show.
0: Carry on, all that you are, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry, Don't you cry.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa, and this is episode 87. Whew! Finally! That was like take three for that opening. I finally made it through. You should see when I do a TikTok or a sound recording. I I really need to start keeping the bloopers. I really do, because some of them are hilarious. Um, But yeah, here we are, episode 87, and I am back in good old Canada Back in my home province of Ontario, in the home studio, not quite fully in the studio because I'm sitting on the couch instead of at the kitchen table because I'm not fully unpacked yet. Um, Funny story. (laughs) I'm not probably not, I'm not fully unpacking everything. I'm going to um, take the books and papers and stuff out of my electronic suitcase And repack it with the rest of my electronics because there is a possible paranormal excursion in my future. Um, And of course, there will be podcasting and other recordings, videos, and stuff. Um, And then I will be packing my suitcase. And on Sunday, I will be hitting the happy trails yet again, taking my sister bestie, whatever you want to call her, um, back to New Brunswick. So there'll be a 12-hour road trip to New Brunswick, and I'll be there for about a week. And then I will come home on the Sunday and pack everything up. There may possibly not be a podcast that week um, after I come back from New Brunswick because I am going to my sister's on the Tuesday which is the day I usually podcast. Now, hopefully I can podcast the Monday night um, and have all that. I might even, you know, I've got a 12-hour drive on Sunday in the car by myself. I might just hit record on my phone and record in the car as I'm beetling my way through Quebec because there are no English radio stations through the entirety of the province of Quebec. So it's not like I can listen to the radio. I might just do the podcast in the car while I'm driving. Why not? It'll be fun. So anyway, so yeah, I'm coming home on the, I'm going to New Brunswick on the 24th. I'm coming back on the 1st of May. I'm going to Grimsby on the 3rd of May, and I will be there probably for two weeks. I'll be there until at least, at the mo- well, at the most, the 13th or the 12th because my sister is listing her house and they're having an open house on the 13th, 14th and 15th. So I can't be there. Obviously <laughs> they can't have, you know, this viewing of the house and have a cot set up in the basement and somebody's suitcase sitting there and, you know, all the air mattress in the music room. But, uh, yeah. And then I will come home for about a month. Um, And then I might be going back to New Brunswick for a weekend and then hopping across the border there in Maine and heading to California in June. So, yeah. I've had my apartment for over a year and it barely feels like I've lived here, which is absolutely awesome. Because every time I come home, it's brand new. (laughs) It's like I'm not bored of my apartment yet because I haven't been in it long enough. So, yeah, I have a busy summer, and then my daughter, of course, is moving, and she asks me, you know, what are you doing on Sunday? Can you help me move? Nope. (laughs) I will be not even in the province um, at some point in time on Sunday. I will be heading to New Brunswick. So, yeah, I've I've got a busy schedule coming up. So, there may or may not be a week where you may or may not get a podcast. It all depends. Um, housekeeping this week. There's not a whole lot of housekeeping. Um, the new sale for Myth Mart. (laughs) My brain just shut off. I'm staring at my potholders and I couldn't think. Um, the new sale for Myth Mart will start on Wednesday. By the time you hear this, it'll be Friday. So it'll say, well, I've already been going for two days this week, it is going to be a t-shirt. So, keep your eye out for which t-shirt, what kind of t-shirt. I haven't quite decided that yet. You know, it could be a Lupus Bits t-shirt. could be a World of Myth magazine t You know what? It's going to be a World of Myth magazine t-shirt for everybody because the magazine comes out this weekend. So, to... Mark the occasion, because we took a month off, Um, we are going to have a World of Myth t-shirt on sale. How much of a discount? Well, you should know that by now, because it's Friday and the sale will have been on for two days. As of the recording, I'm not sure. But the code will be SHIRTS and something you can go and get your shirt, and you put in the code at checkout and get your discount. So, yes, the World of Myth magazine t-shirt is on sale this week, and get you one if you support the magazine in any way, shape, or form. If you support the contributors in any way, shape, or form, go buy a magazine. It just kind of helps us keep the lights on. Really, that's all it does. It helps us keep the lights on. It pays the internet bills and the server and all of that good stuff. So, yeah. Our magazine is free. But buy a t-shirt. Help us keep everything going. Um, Greatly appreciate it. All right. So that's pretty much it for housekeeping. The OCC is trucking right along. We are coming up to the final date for submissions that is April 30th, 30th, April 30th. <laughs> I was running through, okay, you're remember the little rhyme that you had in school, 30 days, half September, April, June, and no, I was running through that in my head. Um, April 30th at 1159 Pacific Standard Time. That's California time. For all of you that don't know your time ranges, like me, I only know Pacific Standard Time because every time I say California time, my live studio audience pipes up and goes, P.S.T. (laughs) Now, see, he doesn't understand. I have an aversion to P.S.T. And there is a reason why I have an aversion to P.S.T. And it's not to Pacific Standard Time. No, Here in Canada, we have two taxes. We have the GST. And we have the PST. Now, the GST is countrywide. The PST is provincial sales tax. And that varies from province to province. So, yes, I have an aversion to PST because that's a tax I have to pay. They don't give it back. They don't cut you a break on it. No. And it's I think it's eight percent and the GST is seven percent. I don't know. The two together work out to thirteen percent sales tax. Yes, yes, yes. My live studio audience is USA, USA. Mm-hmm. We have better health care. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes. We have free we have you can he can argue with me all he likes. We have free health care. Well, he says we don't. We pay for it in other ways. Yes, we have higher taxes, but I would rather pay 13% sales tax than have to pay $40,000 for an MRI. Insurance, yeah. Well, you know, I don't have to pay insurance either. Anyway, we're not going to get into that discussion. That's for another podcast when you can actually hear him. (laughs) He's not going to have a debate where it's only one sided. Uh, So, yeah, I am back home, which means. I'm sure you are all well aware that I spent three days in the car with my mother. Now, I am going to preface what I'm about to tell you with the fact that I do love my mother. I do. I do love my mother. I don't always like her. Most days I don't like her. She can be a bit much, um, but I do love my mother. She's not as horrible as some mothers. Um, She's not as good as some mothers, but she's not as horrible as some mothers. So I do love my mother. But that being said, there were many occasions we left um, on the 15th. Now, the original plan, as set by her, was to leave at 10 a.m. on Friday. The 15th. Well, I think we pulled out of the driveway about 1130 because I had to repack the car. I packed the car the night before and I said to her, can I have all of your big things so I can make sure they will fit in the car and get you be able to get your walker in? And she says, OK, I only have this. Okay, so I do all the arranging, get everything in, take out my suitcases, put them in, put her walker in, we're good to go. So I take everything out, take my, my overnight bag out. Okay, all we have to do in the morning is have coffee, clean up the dishes, gather up the last of the garbage, and we're good to go, right? And she looks at me and she says, Yes, that is all we have to do. Okay, so I didn't sleep very well. That night, because I knew I had a big drive coming up. I had strange beds I was going to be sleeping in. I'm like my dad, it, it, we always stress about crossing at the border. So I didn't sleep very well. My original plan was to get up at 8. I reset my alarm. I think it was about 4 a.m. I reset my alarm to 9. I thought, okay, you know what? At least I'll get at least five hours sleep. I'll be okay. So, my alarm goes off at nine o'clock. I am assuming, foolishly, that my mother is up. She's dressed. She's done everything she needs to do. She's just waiting on me. I'll get up. I'll have coffee. I'll pee. I'll brush my teeth. I'll throw some water in my face. I'll get dressed, grab the last of my stuff. We'll be out the door. Put the garbage at the curb, and off we go. Well, she was dressed. Um, Now, the night before, we both slept in our sheets. We put our washed our sheets, put them back on the beds and slept in our own sheets. And then we just had to take the sheets off and, you know, away we go. So when I got out of the bed at nine o'clock, as I was getting out of the bed, I was pulling the sheets off the bed with me because it was way too hot to sleep with the comforter. So I had washed it and folded it and put it on the chair and just slept under my sheet. So as I'm getting out of the bed, I'm kind of pulling my sheets and balling them up and getting them ready to go. She still has the sheets on her bed. Okay, fine. I have my coffee. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm going to have my coffee, and I'm not going to eat my mother for breakfast. I get my coffee into me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish loading the car. Gather, Give me all your garbage. We can get going. She's like, Okay got my list. What? I've got my list. You mean you've got your list? What list? The list of all the things that we have to do before we can go. Did we not do that yesterday, Mom? Well, you have to move the TV back. I know. Already on it. What do you have to do, Mom? Well, there's just a couple of things on the list. It won't take very long. Okay, fine. Give me your suitcase so I can go. Okay. What do you have? Well, I just have my suitcase. And I have this big bag of, of laundry. And I have this other bag. And I have my pillow. And What? Wait, hold on. And I have four pairs of shoes. Where was all this stuff yesterday when I was packing the car? Well, I needed it. Um, but where was it when I was packing the car? And I asked for it to make sure it would all fit. Well, I needed it. It wouldn't, I didn't have, it couldn't be in the car because I needed it overnight. Mom, I explained to you I was going to be bringing it back into the house. I needed to put it in the car to make sure it fit. Well, it's only a few things. Every time I turned around, she was handing me another bag, box, or suitcase. I repacked the car Twice. Because she kept bringing out more things. And then the cooler. And then as we're going packing the cooler, she's like, oh, well, everything will fit. We'll just take everything. Everything will fit. No, no, not everything fit. Nope. Not even half of the things fit. So the cleaning lady got a whole bunch of stuff because the lady that owned the house just told mom, any food we don't take, just leave it in the fridge and her cleaning lady will take it. If it's unopened, she'll take it to the food bank. If it's open, she'll just take it home. Okay, fine. So she got a whole bunch of really good stuff. I made sure I took all my keto bread though. Yep, three and a half loaves of keto bread came to my house. (laughs) Fortunately, her whole wheat, honey, drizzled... I don't know. Heart attack in a slice had to stay. Didn't fit. Bummer. And her eggs in the styrofoam container that would have squeaked in the cooler in the back of the car behind all the stuff. I would have heard it. I would have heard it. I guarantee you I would have heard that styrofoam squeaking. So, okay, I finally get the car loaded. I go in the house. I'm like, okay, mom, car's loaded. Let's go. We have to gather the garbage. Fine. Okay. I'm gathering up all the garbage because the the lady who owned the house said, just put everything in the garbage can, put it at the curb because we left on Friday. Garbage pickup was Saturday morning. Her cleaning lady was coming Saturday afternoon. She would just put the garbage can back in the garage. Okay, fine. So I whip around. I gather up all the garbage. I take the towels from my shower and I put them on top of the washing machine. Make sure everything's all good. Everything's clean. Put the TV back. Put all the tables back. Everything back the way it was. Mom's sitting on the couch on her phone the entire time. I loaded the dishwasher, wiped down all the counters, turned the dishwasher on, loaded the cooler, finished packing the car, got everything ready to go. Took my final pee. Mom's still sitting on the couch on her phone playing a game. I am assuming she's waiting on me. Okay, Mom, let's go. Well, I still have to take the sheets off the bed, and I still have to clean my bathroom. Oh, and I have to vacuum the living room and dust. Oh? Uh, wait, wait, what? This was supposed to be done yesterday. Oh, and we have to bring in the chairs from outside, and we have to deal with the ashes from the... Wait, hold... Huh? <laughs> Where where were all these things when I asked you yesterday what we needed to do to be ready to go? So, yeah, we pulled out of the driveway an hour and a half later than I had originally planned. So my goal was to be on the north side of Atlanta before we stopped for the night. I wanted to put a good chunk of driving behind us. About two, three hours into the drive, Mom starts fidgeting around in her seat. Mom, what's wrong with you? I just can't get comfortable. I don't know what to tell you, Ma. We got three days of driving. Turn your seat on. Warm your butt. I don't know. Do you need a pillow? No, I'll be fine. Okay, so... We carry on in silence because she can't listen to the radio. It's just noise. What? You raised musical children and you won't let us drive with music? Good thing I have a really good imagination and I have a very large Rolodex of music in my head. I just grabbed the mythical dial, spun it. And one minute I'm singing Louis Armstrong, It's a Wonderful World. And the next minute we are rocking out to Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. My radio station is erratic, is as erratic as I am. So I'm humming along to myself in my head and she's fidgeting around and flipping around and turning this way and turning that way. And good grief, what is wrong with you? I can't get comfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. We have only been on the road for four hours. How do you think the rest of this day is going to play out if you can't get comfortable now? Well, we may just have to stop sooner than expected. Oh, no, we will not. (laughs) No, there will be none of that. Well, we only need to drive for maybe four or five hours. We won't even be out of Florida in four hours. No. (laughs) No, I want to at least be in another state before I stop for the night. So, we stop for dinner. And we get out and we stretch. And I kind of, without saying it out loud, I kind of put a ban on lunch. Um, When we would stop for gas, I would get her a snack from the cooler or, you know, open her bag of cheesies and put it in her lap and get her a bottle of water. We're not stopping for takeout. No, because that's another hour lost of driving. Eat your cheesies and be quiet. Now, we did have a funny moment um, because I drink very, very little when I'm driving long distances because then I don't have to pee every half hour. So I only drink when I'm parched, you know, like my lips are dry and the skin is peeling back and, you know, it, it sounds like I've swallowed sandpaper and... You know, it feels like I've eaten peanut butter and everything's sticking to the roof of my mouth. Then I'll have a sip just to wet the inside of my mouth. So she opens the bag of cheesies. And I'm kind of, I, I'll admit, I'm a little peckish myself. So we're eating the cheesies and I start to giggle. And she looks over at me and she's like, Are you okay over there? And I'm trying to talk. And all that's coming out is cheesy fluff. Why? Because my mouth is so dry, when I put the cheesies into my mouth, it sucked up any moisture that there may have been hiding between my teeth, and just formed into this solid mass of, I don't know, it covered all of my teeth, got stuck in between my teeth, put a fine coating on my tongue, I couldn't talk, I couldn't swallow, every time I tried to say something, And cheesy would out of my mouth. So it made me laugh. Well, the more I laughed, the more cheesy came out. Now, you need to understand, I'm wearing white. I have my white Tarpon Springs shirt on and white pants. And I look really good. But it's white. There's a reason why I don't own a lot of white clothing. Because when I go out in white clothing, if there's dirt somewhere, it goes, oh, look, dumbass is wearing white. Let's get her. And all of a sudden, there'll be a stain. So I'm talking and I'm spewing orange cheesy all over myself. And I'm trying not to move so that it doesn't rub into the white and make the white orange. And my mom is not being any help at all because now she's laughing. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm trying to pull my water bottle. And my water bottle, the water bottles are too big to fit in the cup holders in her Kia. So my water bottle, because she had to have the water bottle holder right beside her in the armrest. Okay, it's 12:30. My light just turned out. It scared the hell out of me. So my water bottle is jammed into the cup holder in the driver's door. So I'm spewing orange cheesy, I'm barreling down the highway, trying not to get orange cheesy stain on me while I'm trying to yank my water bottle out of the door all at the same time. I finally get my water bottle out, bean myself in the side of the head with it, because it, it, I'm pulling and pulling and pulling, and then all of a sudden it's like the door says, oh, okay, you want your water bottle, and let's go. And it comes flying up, get it open. Get it into my mouth, and I'm... You know how when you're rinsing with most mouthwash, it makes that, like, sloshy water sound? That whoosh? I have the water in my mouth, and I'm rinsing my mouth like you would with mouthwash, and there is no sound. Whatsoever. Mom's looking at me, and she's like, why are you puffing your cheeks out? Well, of course, I do that. Oh, no. <laughs> now there's orange juice everywhere. <laughs> So I swallow. I get my finger in there and I start digging around and loosening up all the cheesy. And I take another drink, swish it around. This time we have a slight sound. And she's like, why are you puffing your cheeks out? So I finally get enough of the cheesy rinsed out of my teeth and out of my mouth. And I'm like, I'm not puffing my cheeks out, Ma. I'm rinsing swishing it through my mouth but my mouth is so dry and the cheesy is so embedded in there because it just sucked all the moisture out of my mouth that it wasn't making any swishy sounds so it was just swishing around in there but it wasn't making any noise well she just roared and then I look over and I see her and she's like picking the cheesy out of her teeth too uh-huh. so but the thing is okay the funny part about the entire story is as I'm Doing As like my mouth is turning into the Sahara with cheesy, I'm thinking, I really should take a drink. As I'm reaching into the bag and getting more cheesies and putting them into my mouth, going, I really should drink something. And I would chew up the cheesy and go, okay, I need to get a drink. And my hand would go right back into the cheesy bag and get another cheesy. No, no, no. I need to get a drink and eat the cheesy. And I would go again, I need a drink and reach for another cheesy. <laughs> so I was just making matters worse. So anyway, I, ooh, sorry, live studio audience just sent me something and it absolutely looks fantastic. I love that. Absolutely love it. You'll all get to see it soon. So I'm not telling you what it is, but I do. I love it. Well, well done. Well done. Good job. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I have outlawed lunch because I'm not stopping. I will stop for gas. You want something to eat? There's a convenience store. Hobble your broken butt into the store. She will give up eating if it means that she doesn't have to get out of the car. Because if I won't go and get it for her, she won't go. Period. So we stop for dinner. And of course, we have to stop at the Cracker Barrel. Fine. Whatever. I like Cracker Barrel. It's no good for my diet and my waistline is not happy, but whatever. It is what it is. So she's like, well, I think we'll just we'll drive for another half hour or an hour and we'll find a hotel. I'm like, no, we won't. We will drive until we were on the north side of Atlanta. Well, you know, you're getting tired and you really shouldn't drive when you're tired. You don't want to over. Ma. I am 50 years old. I am a grown woman. I'm not 12. I don't need you to tell me when I'm tired. I don't need you to tell me when you think I have driven long enough. I have driven for more than half my life. I have been driving since I was 18. I have had one accident, and that's because the tie rod in the front of my car broke. I ended up in a ditch, smashing my face. It was a horrible accident, but I've only ever had one. When I have had enough of driving, then we will find a hotel and we will stop. No, we're going to stop on the south side of Atlanta. I've had enough. Fine. So I put out into the universe, quite vocally when we got back into the car, that yes, we will stop on the south side of Atlanta. But I was stopping under great duress. And not by choice. So, finding a hotel is not an easy job. It's not like we can just pull off on the highway, find the nearest hotel, has to be a minimum of four stars, because my mom's a little picky. And stop for the night. No, we have to make sure that they are pet friendly. Now, I did learn a little trick on the very last night in the very last hotel that I wish I had have known at the very first night at the very first hotel, but I'll know it for next year. We'll get to that part in a minute. So we have to, we go from hotel to hotel to hotel. Now, I remember the trip very well from two years ago. Be it on the way there or on the way home, I remember the trip. Mom admits that most of the trip home is a little fuzzy because they were all sick. But I remember Holiday Express is not pet friendly. It took us stopping at three different Holiday Expresses before Mom finally admitted I was right. They are not pet friendly. So... We stop at about four different hotels in the south side of Atlanta. No rooms. No rooms. No rooms. So I finally at the fourth hotel say, how come there are no rooms? I get it. It's Easter weekend. I also get it's Friday. But why are there no rooms anywhere and the girl looks at me she's like oh honey there's a big race in atlanta speedway this weekend you won't find a hotel here or anywhere around atlanta <laughs> oh she says oh no well, yeah you'll have more luck farther north oh really okay so i go out to the car and i'm like ma there isn't a hotel available anywhere south of atlanta or anywhere around atlanta or even in atlanta there's a big race, some big motocross race at the Atlanta Speedway on the weekend. Well, let's just go to the next exit and we'll try again. Okay. So we go to the next exit. They have a double bed available. Not a room with two double beds. No, 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 no. One Double bed. I come back out, I get in the car, and Mom's like, do they not have any rooms? No, Mom, they do. They have one room with one bed, and I am not sleeping in the same bed with you. You will end up dead, or I will end up on the floor. And if I end up sleeping on the floor, there will be no more driving. So I got my wish, and she grumbled the entire time about the fact that we were stopping on the north side of Atlanta. Where I wanted to stop in the first place. And if she hadn't just let me have my way and stick to my plan, we would have stopped at the hotel an hour and a half sooner. So we finally get to the hotel, we get in the room, we're both exhausted, both cranky, whatever. But it's Friday, which means it is the third day final day of my week three workout just so happens that the hotel we stopped at had a gym had a workout room and a pool pool was closed for maintenance but whatever the workout room was right across the hall so oh I have to plug my phone in so I uh get my workout clothes out of my bag and I get myself all dressed and I am doing this again under great protest because I'm not thrilled about the fact that I now have to go and do a 30 minute workout on a treadmill after driving for I think it was like 10 hours by that point but I did it I'm very proud of myself I did it I went in there and I toughed it out and did you know what I had to do So, I figured breakfast, free breakfast is served, why is this not charging, is served between 6 and 10. So, I figure, all right, well, we're usually up between 8 and 9 in a hotel because hotels are noisy. Um we'll be up in plenty of time to go and have breakfast and get on the road well, I wake up it's about 9 o'clock like alright I get up get myself up get dressed pack my bag and mom's still lying in bed do what? Why are you still in bed? Oh, for heaven's sakes. And she's like, oh, I'll get up in a minute. I'm like, mom, breakfast is over at 10. Okay, well, I want to There's no shower. There's no time for shower. So she gets up. She gets her shower. She gets ready. Now it's about 930. And I'm like, I need coffee (laughs) i need coffee before i can get behind the wheel of a very big vehicle that i can run into people there needs to be the coffee buffer that keeps me in my lane and not running over the old lady i need my coffee so she's all dressed now everything's packed everything's on the cart we're ready to go down for breakfast and she's like, oh, I need to fill out my Arrive can. I haven't filled out my Arrive can. It's okay, La. Well, bring your phone. We'll put in our date and our time and where we're crossing at breakfast. No, I need to put in my passport and my vaccination papers. What? We had this discussion two weeks ago. I told you it's very easy to do. You looked at me and went, oh, I'll figure it out. I can do it myself. I went away. I made sure all my information was in and good and ready to go. And you didn't say another word about it. You mean to tell me you didn't do it? So we then had to put her passport in. We had to put her vaccination papers in. And now it's quarter to ten. When a hotel says they serve breakfast between six and ten, they mean between six and ten. At ten o'clock they close those doors. Breakfast is usually in a separate area and they either gather up all the dishes and they're gone by ten o'clock, or they close the doors. That's it. No more breakfast. So we finally get downstairs and there's ten minutes left before no food. So I first thing I get coffee. And I go in and I get a couple of sausages, spoonful of potato. And a glass of orange juice. Come back out, sit down. So Mum comes out and all she has is toast. Ma, where's your breakfast? Well, I'm gonna have my toast and then I'm probably gonna go back and I'm gonna get some eggs. And Ma, they're closing those doors in six minutes. If you want anything other than toast, you best get it now. Well, no, they're they don't they're not gonna Ma. So I go, and I get her some eggs, and I get her some oatmeal, and I think I got her a banana. I come out, and no sooner do I come out, than it's like a bell goes off somewhere. It's 10 o'clock on the button. Oof, doors are shut. No more food. And mom looks, and she's like, oh. I said, yeah, they close the doors at 10 o'clock. That's it. Breakfast is over. Six till 10. We're done. So we get back on the road and by this point in time i'm done i want the trip to be over i just want to be home well in all reality i just want to be out of the car away from her so my goal was to drive from the south or the north side of atlanta georgia to detroit michigan because when i asked her which bridge are we crossing when we put in our travel information. Which bridge are we crossing at? Her response to me was, I don't care, you pick. Ma, are you sure which bridge do you want to cross at? Do you want to cross in Detroit? Do you want to cross in New York? Where do you want to cross? And she says to me, I don't care, you pick. Okay, so I pick Niagara Falls. I pick the Peace Bridge in New York. We'll cross the bridge there. Put all that information in. I said, okay, so in Detroit, we have to switch highways to get over to Highway Interstate 90 to take us to New York to cross in Niagara. Okay, fine, whatever. So as we're driving down the highway, Oh, and then she's arguing with me about how we're not going to make it to Detroit. We're not going to, we're going to stop long before Detroit. Not if my foot's on the gas pedal or not. So, um, we get in the car and we're about three hours into the drive. So we finally made it out of Georgia and we're now in Tennessee, Kentucky. I think Kentucky came first. We're now in Kentucky. And she pulls out the old fashioned road map and she's looking at the map. She's looking at where Detroit is and she's like, she's holding the map up and she's like, I don't see Highway 90. And I'm like, Ma, I'm looking at the road. I can't look at a book. You yell at me if I look at a text message on my phone or on my watch or I send a video to Dave and you want me to look at a map in a book. With little itty-bitty lines and tiny, teeny, tiny writing? What? So she's like, well, I don't see Highway 90. I'm like, Ma, go to Niagara Falls, find Highway 90, and backtrack. I don't know how to do that. Huh? So we stopped for gas. I got frustrated. I pulled over, and I said, okay. Okay. We need to figure out. When I asked you this morning which bridge you wanted to cross at, you said you didn't care. So I chose Niagara Falls because I know that I only live two hours from Niagara Falls. I know as soon as I cross that damn bridge, I'm only two hours from Freedom. And now you're changing the game plan. Where do you want to cross? Well, let's just put it into my navigation system and see what she says. Which one's closer? Aye. So we put in the peace bridge and it said like six hours or something. And she said, well, how come the other one says shorter? I don't know. Or no, she said, how come the other one says like longer, seven hours or something? Because that was to Keswick, Ma. We'll put that one back in and see which bridge it has us crossing at. Okie dokie. So I put my address back in. And sh- it was shorter. It was a shorter trip. Had us crossing in Detroit. Uh-huh. I don't want to cross in Detroit. Detroit's scary. Who's driving, ma? We've already made it through Atlanta where there's like 107 lanes in both directions. All at the same time. Who's driving? Who's driving? But they're just, it's so dangerous. Are we getting out of the car and wandering around the streets in the middle of the night? No, I don't think so. It's not very dangerous if you're doing 120. They can't catch you. I'm pretty sure at that speed we can outrun a bullet. Or at least bypass one. Yeah, be all right. Don't make eye contact. with the car beside you. On the interstate. In broad daylight. Barreling down the highway. You know, so we decide, Okay, well, now we need to delete all of the information in our arrive can and put it back in. So we do that. And she changes her mind. Well, maybe we should cross where we came across when we came down. Well, that's an entirely different bridge, Ma. That's not the Ambassador Bridge. That's not the Peace Bridge. That's the Queenston-Lewiston Bridge. Well, let's see what that one says. Mm. All right. So we delete the information for our arrive can again because now the time has changed. We finally decide we are going to cross the Ambassador Bridge. We put that in and I'm like, okay, crossing the Ambassador Bridge. I'm putting in the time. Let's go. We have to make it to Detroit. I am not sleeping in Detroit. All right. I was going to give her that one. I really didn't. I, I was really not relishing the idea of sleeping in Detroit either, <laughs> to be honest. But I wanted to get as close as humanly possible. And she's like, well, we're probably not going to make it to um, Ohio. We'll, we'll stop somewhere in Kentucky. <laughs> Tell hell We will. <laughs> Back in the car we go. We ended up stopping just before Toledo. I think we were in piqua Yeah. We stopped at the Cracker Barrel in Piqua, Ohio. Um, and had dinner. And the poor waitress, she must have thought I was absolutely insane. Because I wasn't exactly sure where we were. And... I told Dave, I messaged him and said, stopped for dinner. And he's like, okay, where? I know. All bear, Cracker Barrels look the same. I could have been anywhere. So when the waitress came back, I'm like, okay, this is going to sound like a really strange question. Let me preface this by saying we are Canadians on our way home from Florida. Where are we? She's like, pardon? Like, where are we? I know we're in Cracker Barrel. I know we're in Ohio. What is the name of the town? And she's like, you're in Pequa. Okay, thank you. You can go away now. So <laughs> we are in Pequot, Ohio. Going to drive for another, what was it? I think I said another two hours. And then we're going to stop. So we stopped just outside, just the south side of Toledo. Like we were so, so close to the Michigan border. So close to the Michigan border. At dinner, we were two and a half hours away from Detroit. And I'm looking at Ma and like, come on. I am seven hours from home. I, two and a half hours from Detroit. And she's like, no. I'm like, ah, fine. At least let me drive another hour. All right. Give me another hour at least. So we drove for another hour. I have no idea where we stayed. But. I, as much as I wanted to get home, I did not have another seven hours in me at that point. Um, so I knew I needed to stop for the night. I needed a shower. I needed to stretch my legs and I needed to her to just be quiet for a while. So we get up to the room and I'm like, don't talk to me. Just, just, just don't talk to me. And I stretch out and I can't sleep. I can't. I have a hard time sleeping when I'm in a strange bed. It takes me a good two or three nights to get used to the feel of the bed before I sleep decently. So I'm now on the second night, third night of crappy sleep and little sleep. Uh, Have my shower. Talk to Dave, say goodnight to him. And I'm just, I'm tossing and turning and tossing and turning. And I sleep with a fan on. I like it fairly cool when I sleep. My mom, on the other hand, needs it to be 175 degrees. Now, I keep telling her that's because she's a lizard and she's cold-blooded. But... I I, I I sleep beside the heater in the hotel room, fan, whatever, so that I can at least have the air blowing on me. But all I hear from the other bed is there's a cold draft blowing on me. I feel this cold draft. I'm like, you know what, lady, just bundle up under your blanket. You do that when you sleep anyway. All that pokes out is your nose and your dog sleeps on top of that. So just go to sleep and be quiet. I'm the one that needs the rest. You can nap in the car. I'm the one that needs to be alert or, you know, we're going to be under a transport like Christmas vacation. Just saying. And I'm pretty sure her car is a little taller than the station wagon. So we get up the next morning and I am I have a goal. We will be home today. It's It's happening. So we had to change the time in our arrive can because I told like the night before we got it all set up. And I'm like, OK, we're crossing the border at noon. Well, no, maybe you should make it. No, no, no. No, no. Oh, no. (laughs) We will be out of this hotel at 10 a.m. With or without food. I don't care. I am good with just coffee. So if you want breakfast, you need to get up when I get up and get your butt moving. We'll take the dog out for her pee when we load the car. Instead of, you know, me taking her out to pee and coming back. And then going down. For, no, we'll do that when we go when we because she doesn't hasn't eaten or drank anything the entire trip. We'll take her out to pee as I'm loading the car, and then we'll go. Let's go have breakfast. So, my goal was to cross the border at twelve o'clock. We were at the border at eleven forty-seven, and then we sat in line for half an hour so we actually got to border patrol and i mean the, we're sitting in, in the line and I'm, we're, there's three there was three lanes open when we got there and as we're sitting there watching this really long line move slower than a snail's pace at least the line we were in was slower than a snail's pace the other two lines beside us were flying by they opened up two more lanes so now there's five lanes and we're still moving as slow as molasses and i'm thinking oh great so we have got the one guy that decides he's new and he has to go by the book and do absolutely everything. And he's checking absolutely everything. And he's looking at COVID papers and he's looking at arrive can, and he's checking this and he's checking that and he's looking in your vehicle. And, uh, you know, it's the one guy. And of course we're in that lane and I'm watching cars going flying by in the other two lanes and they're just, you know, up to the, to the wicket, the dude nods at them and off they go. So, we get about three cars from the border patrol and it's a vehicle from Michigan. That's at the thing. And like cell phone after cell phone, after cell phone is coming out of this car. I don't know how many people. It must've been a clown car. It must've been 500 people in this car. And he's checking, I guess he's checking all their arrive cans and, and everything, because it doesn't matter where you're from. If you're coming into Canada, you have to fill out the arrive can app. That's the way it is so I'm thinking, Oh great. Okay. So we have our arrived cans up and ready to go. We've got all our paperwork. We've got all of our shot paperwork. Like I feel like a dog. Um, we've got the dog's shot paperwork. <laughs> That's why I felt like a dog. And we finally get up there and he's a very friendly Frenchman. And we're chit chatting and he asks for our passports. passport. So I hand him our passports and He's like, can you roll the back window down? So I roll the window down behind me and he looks. and He's like, oh, that looks like a Tetris of suitcases. Well, yes, that's because it is. Please tell me you do not want to search the vehicle because there is no way I am going to get it back in the way it is. Not going to happen. Like, I'm sorry if I open the back door. It's just going to all explode out. And as we're sitting at the Border Patrol, I remember. I have a box that I got for my birthday. And there was something in that box that I got for my birthday <laughs> that was not had in Florida. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, crap. Now, good thing, it le- neat thing is, is it's legal in Michigan and all across Canada. But you have to declare it at the border. And I'm, like, having the big debate in my head. Do I declare it? do I tell him that I only have one? Because if I tell him I have one, he's going to think I have more. And because I can't show him the one, he's going to think I've stashed more and they're going to want to search the vehicle. What do I do? What do I do? So as I'm having this debate in my head, I'm trying to carry on a very jovial, very benign, very friendly conversation with the very young French border patrol dude who has my passport. And then, the fate of my traveling life in his hands so he's looking at the two passports you related yes she's my mother we look we look very much alike no, no no i'm not saying that don't put words in my mouth i'm not that's not what i said do not put words in my mouth no no that's okay but we do and my mom tries to bend down like she's old and she's broken she can't bend down just take my word for it And then she's got the dog's vaccination papers. And he's looking. He says, is that a vaccine record? Do you have a dog in there? I said, yes, we do have a dog in there. So I hand him the vaccination papers. And he's looking. I said, she's in her crate right here beside me. You have a dog in there? And then he looks. Oh, she's only four pounds. She's a very small dog. It's a very small crate. She's here. She's being very quiet, too, which is unusual. Because when we crossed over to come into the States, she barked the entire time. The guy couldn't get rid of us fast enough. Now she's being quiet. So he says, so you go down to Florida every year? And I said, well, we started to, and then COVID hit. Now we're starting to again. She's almost 70. I drive her down. She gives me a free trip to Florida. I spend three months, no snow. I drive her back. He's like, oh, sounds like a good plan. I thought so. So he hands us back our passports. He says, okay, carry on. I'm like, what? Carry on. You don't want to see my arrive can. You don't want to see my COVID papers. You haven't even asked about my shots. I mean, I can just go. I'm free to go. <clears throat> out of there. Gone. It's not that easy. It's like, you, you, okay, you get through there, which is fine. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge building in front of you. Where's the road? How do you get out? Customs, the big building is right in front of you. And there are no lanes, so everybody coming out of the crossing is trying to go in the same direction at the same time. Horns are honking, people are yelling, it sounds like downtown New York. I'm waiting for somebody to shoot a gun or flip somebody off. So we finally get going, we get on the highway, and we are in Windsor. And I'm like, I now have to pee. Now that my insides have unclenched and the nerves are gone, I suddenly have to pee like I haven't peed in days. So, of course, what do I do? What does any good Canadian do when they're back in their own country? You go to the first Tim Hortons, you find, because they're everywhere. In I go, I pee, I get me a coffee, I get back in the car, and I'm like, okay, I am now on my side of the border. I am so close to home, I can almost taste it. Let's go. So, we get on the 401, and it's the 401 to the 407. 407 to the 404, and I am home. I have a goal. I am going to be home before dark. My mom had it in her head. We were going to be rolling in late at night. She was going to have to get a room at the Ramada because she wouldn't be driving home in the dark. Oh, no. No, no. I didn't even want her in the same town as me for the night. I wanted to get out of her car, get my stuff out of her car, and put at least an hour and a half's distance between the two of us. So we get to my house. Crystal's here. She's helping me unload and take stuff upstairs. I kiss my mommy. I said to her, I said, don't be surprised. I'm not going to talk to you for about the next four days. I love you. Bye-bye. I close the door, flip her bird, and off I go. <laughs> Crystal's standing there going, oh! I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. She didn't see me. But she already saw when I flipped it a bird when we were in the car when we pulled in. I'm like, we're here. Bye-bye. My mom laughed. She did the same thing to me. It's all good. Doesn't mean nothing. So I'm home now. (laughs) It was an eventful, interesting trip that I'm glad I don't have to do again until maybe next year, if ever, again. Um, Because my mom's living situation has now changed since she has come home and her being able to just up and go to Florida for three months might be a problem. Doesn't hinder my traveling abilities any might hinder hers. So yeah, It's was quite interesting. Um, I do have to sit down now and figure out how many days left I have to still travel to the States because we're only allowed 182 days, I think six months you can spend six months. So, but yeah, um, I love my mom, but I'll be okay. If I don't see her for a while, like I'll be very okay. Unfortunately, I well not unfortunately, but I am going to have to see her the beginning of May because she still lives with my sister. So yeah, that is my trip home from Florida and I have been here a couple of days now and I'm not thrilled. I'm not impressed with the weather. When I left, it was 87 degrees, 88 degrees and sunny. I was wearing shorts. When I left, I was wearing capris and a t-shirt. I'm now wearing socks and a long sleeve shirt and long pants and slippers. Inside. When I go outside, I have to wear my big puffy Michelin Man winter coat. Why? Because it's been snowing for the last two days. Now, it's not staying. It's not sticking on the ground. But the white crap is still falling from the sky. Which means it's not warm. It is about 29 degrees in Fahrenheit, 2 degrees in Celsius. I'm not thrilled. I want to pack my suitcase and just turn around and go back across the border to some sunny state that's not here. That's warmer and sunnier and not snowing. That would be nice. But it is April, and you know, it is Ontario, and it does snow in April in Ontario. It snows in May in Ontario, sometimes even in June, but yeah. All right, so I'm going to let you all in on a little secret here. Not really a secret, but uh, I was going to um, do away with my Florida man bit at the end of my podcast. Now, I did realize that my last podcast in Florida, I forgot to do Florida man, but I um, Now, I was going to end the Florida Man bit because another podcast has picked up the uh, shtick and has added it to their podcast. Um, So I was just going to stop doing it and find something else. But I decided that I'm going to keep it. I'm going to continue to do my Florida Man bit might not always be Florida man, but it will be some sort of idiotic man from some state doing stupid things. Um, And why I'm keeping it is because I stole it, honestly, fair and square, from a podcast that was no longer running. And that would be Seeing Red. With full permission, sort of, from one of the members of the Seeing Red trio. And from the who, what, now? Yes, I stole it fair and square, with permission from the guy who holds the copyright to "Seeing Red," and made the other two members of the cast aware that I had stolen the Florida Man shtick. There are other. which which they both approved of; they thought it was hilarious. Um, There are going to be other things that I'm going to be liberating, as we say, from the Seeing Red podcast. But it was liberated from me. Well, no, he flat out said he stole it from me. (laughs) They're still liberating. He flat out said, I stole your Florida man stick from my podcast. Um, So I was going to stop doing it. But I thought, "Mm, you know, I did it first. Well, Seeing Red did it first, but they're not doing it anymore. So I stole it first. Huh? Dave did it first, then stopped doing it. I stole it first, so I am going to keep it because the demographic that listens to his podcast and the demographic that listens to my podcast are two different demographics. So it's not like it's not like we're competing for listeners. I have my listeners. He has his listeners. We can both do the same thing. I just did it first. Just going to put that out there. And then I'm going to be doing a bit that is going to be a Lupus Bits exclusive, but I need to flesh it out a little more first and plan it out a little more and figure out exactly how I want to present it. So for today, we are going to delve into the ever-wonderful and always-random Florida Man Files. (laughs) We're going to pause for a drink of water first because my throat is closing up. Okay, so first up on the docket for our Florida Man is tent-dwelling marathon man, machetes man who unplugged his bootleg electricity. So, Monroe County, a Florida man was arrested after he slashed another man with a machete over an argument that started over an unplugged power cord. Okay, dude, you've got a machete. There is more you could be doing with the machete than beating on somebody for unplugging your bootleg power. Why don't you go (laughs) at... Oh, okay, so I have the Jason happy birthday thingy in my ear now, which is sending shivers down my spine. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure what that was in my ear, but it was weird. Um, okay, so, the story goes. What the heck is going on here? Okay. Playing with my volume. All right, so the story goes, that a Monroe can blah, 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 blah. hope you understand that language. Uh, Monroe County Sheriff's Office said that on Thursday now I don't know what Thursday what year oh this is 2018. all right. two men got into a fight at the middle keys over a power cord that got unplugged. 33 year old Joshua Lee Meadows was arrested. He's a tire repair man who lives in marathon in a tent with his girlfriend. Florida woman According to the arrest report collected by flkeysnews.com, the fight broke out on an 82nd Street around 3 p.m. Charles Antrobus, who was on the receiving end of the machete attack, told cops that they were supposed to be working on a roof together but started arguing about the victim unplugging the power to the suspect's tent where him and his girlfriend live. "'Stop plugging your cord back in,' said Charles to Florida Man Joshua. Not verbatim, of course. But Florida Man was determined to have free electricity, so he kept plugging the cord in, and Charles kept unplugging it. Enough was enough. Florida Man picked up a machete and swung it at Charles, causing a series of cuts. Okay, well, it's a machete. It could be worse. Cops showed up, and the attacker denied everything. His girlfriend even said that it was Charles, the victim.' who had the machete in the first place. Eyewitness accounts discredited those claims, and Joshua Lee Meadows was charged with two counts of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Why was he not charged with theft of electricity, too? I mean, come on! So, let's hit the... What happened here? Oh, okay, hold on. We have to hit the back button. And then we're going to hit the randomizer. Yes, we are going to let WTF Florida choose for us. Oh, I think I've read this one before. But, you know, it bears repeating. Actually, I I definitely know I have read this one before, but it's kind of funny. It's a Florida woman. So Florida woman. I have read it before, but I haven't read the story. Florida woman bites camel's testicles. Florida woman who crawled into a camel's pen to retrieve her dog reportedly bit the camel's testicles after it sat on her. The woman's husband had been throwing dog treats under Casper the camel's fence. Oh, wait, hold on. Missed a whole paragraph. This happened on Wednesday evening at the Tiger truck stop in Gross Tete, Louisiana. I did, probably didn't pronounce that correctly. Don't come after me. According to a news report by The Advocate, the woman's husband had been throwing dog treats under Casper the camel's fence before the dog ran inside the Iberville Parish Sheriff's Office said Sunday. The dog started interacting with the camel. The 73-year-old and 73-year-old Gloria Lancaster crawled under the barbed wire fence to get it. She's from Milton, Florida. The camel reportedly sat on her and she bit the male dromedary to get it off of her. Iberville Parish Deputy Louis Louis Hamilton Jr. reported her statement to the Advocate newspaper as saying, I bit his balls to get him off me. I bit his testicles to get him off of me. The investigation found that the Florida couple had provoked the camel before it sat on her. The camel did nothing wrong, Hamilton said. The couple were aggressive. The camel was just doing its normal routine. There were signs every 10 feet along the fence warning visitors to stay out. The camel has never been aggressive. The camel has never gotten out never caused any issues. In fact, the husband and wife stated before that we have been here before and we've never had any problems, Hamilton said. Deputies cited the couple for a leash law violation and criminal trespassing. The camel was not charged in the incident. Yeah, you know, don't mess with camels. They'll spit on you. All right. Another random post. What do we got? Oh, Oh, dude. Dude. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. Florida man hid wife's body in the freezer for eight years while collecting her social security. (laughs) Apparently, I have been told that this was done on Seeing Red. So... In honor of that podcast that I stole my Florida man bit from first, I am going to do this story. The morbid discovery was made at Sun City Center, a nudist retirement city in Hillsborough County, 30 minutes south of Tampa. Margaret Dunn died in 2002, and her husband, Alan Dunn, did what any responsible person would do. He stuck her body in the freezer. He collected her Social Security benefits until his death in 2010. After he died, the cat came out of the bag, or rather, the dead grandma came out of the freezer, and the whole situation was exposed. Over the eight years, he collected $92,088. The U.S. Attorney's Office put out a case, a news release saying that the heirs were responsible for paying back the money taken from the government. The heirs had no idea this was going on and agreed to forfeit the condo instead of inheriting it. Would they really want anything to do with that condo after that? Like, I mean, come on. You go, you go to the condo for spring break, it's like, don't use the freezer, that's grandma's. Literally. <laughs> that's grandma's. They ended up paying $15,743 to the Social Security Administration on top of giving them the condo. In the end, there's two things you can't avoid: literally, death and taxes. Yeah, that's just not right. Like, dude, I've heard of you know keeping things on ice, but wow, that's just. I don't know. All right, another random. <laughs> Florida grandma tries scaring off naked Florida man by pulling her dentures out. Well, we're going to find out. I was asked if it was going to work. I keep forgetting y'all can't hear him. Titusville, of course, Florida man was arrested on charges of burglary and exposing sexual organs after showing up naked on the porch of a grandma. 28 year old Alex Rivera reportedly showed up on Penelope, Peterson's screened porch around 2 a.m., according to WFTV. He was butt naked. Peterson told the news station about her experience. I always look first. I opened the blinds and said, what the hell? That's not my cat. She once worked in security and law enforcement, so she wasn't scared. Plus, she lives in Florida where stuff like this happens a lot. Peterson popped her teeth out to scare him away. It wasn't reported whether pulling out her dentures made any difference or not. But old media loves a punchy headline. We do. We can't lie. Rivera faced a judge Friday. The prosecutor said that alcohol may have been a factor. He lives in the Brevard County Jail. Oh, he's in the Brevard County Jail. Brevard County Jail. In lieu of a $20,000 bond. <laughs> what I don't understand is most people don't sleep with their dentures in. What was she doing up at 2 a.m. with her dentures still in? And Come on. She said, come, come here, you young boy, come here, come get some of this. <laughs> you know who I was thinking of, right? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, one more random Florida fact. Oh, my watch is telling me to breathe. No, we're not reading that one.
0: Oh
1: my Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. This one has a picture. Um. Okay, we're going to show the live studio audience the picture just because it needs the effect. <laughs> his response? Holy crap. <laughs> okay, so now that we have his response, I'm going to read you the story. Florida woman lights her cigarette while transporting a grass grill and blows up SUV. Two people. Dumb and dumber. Yes, two people, dumb and dumber. Two people were hurt Sunday while transporting a gas grill when a woman lit a cigarette and their SUV exploded, police said. The crash happened about 3.26 p.m. at the entrance of the Central Florida Fairgrounds near Colonial Drive and Pete Parish Boulevard. We were there, not when this happened, but we were at the Central Florida Fairgrounds for the Florida State Fair. The man and his wife had a gas barbecue grill in the back of their Kia Sorento. Which is what I think mom's car is. So picture... Yeah, picture a gas grill in the back of Mom's car. According to Lieutenant Lieutenant Cindy Lane of the Orlando Police Department, the grill was turned on, and the propane tank attached to the grill was open and connected. Okay. They kind of deserved for it to blow up. Yeah, I... <clears throat> Police said the wife lit a cigarette and the SUV exploded. The vehicle continued westbound and crashed into a pole. The driver and the passenger, who weren't identified, were transported to an area hospital with burns. Their injuries are non-life-threatening, Lane said. Pictures sent out via the Orlando Police Department's Twitter account show severe damage to the SUV. No other information was released. You know, first of all, The first mistake was somebody gave them a driver's license. I really hope that they didn't procreate. I really do. Second of all, you don't put a gas grill in a vehicle still attached to the gas. Dumbass. Like, I I hear red from that 70s show in my head every time I see something stupid. Like, dumbass. (laughs) Dumbass. You know how you would say it in that like gravelly dumbass, yeah, yeah. I need that like sound effect. I need to like push a button, dumbass. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, I I was a smoker for many years. I was a smoker, and I would go to the gas station and get canisters full of gas for our lawnmower, for our weed whacker, for the chainsaw, whatever. And I would be so paranoid. I would have like all the windows down, air flowing through, three days after I'd removed the gas from the vehicle. Because if I can smell it, that means there's fumes. And it's not, see what people, a lot of people don't understand with gas is it's not the actual liquid that catches fire. It's the fumes that ignite. It's the gas that burns. So if you can smell it, Chances are you can light it on fire. (laughs) So, yeah, I would drive around paranoid for like three days until the smell would dissipate. And then maybe I'd light a cigarette with every window down, hanging out the window. Lighting it before I get into the car. Taking very little puffs so that, you know, it wouldn't light up real, real big. Ew. Oh, this one's just gross. Gross. So we have to read it. Florida man uses urine filled water gun to shoot a woman. A Florida man was arrested after reportedly shooting a woman with a water gun full of his own urine. The Gulfport Police Department was reported by WESH said that 71 year old Joel Benjamin approached a woman walking her dog on Saturday evening around 930 and squirted her several times. The incident took place on 58th Street South. Benjamin admitted that he did indeed shoot the women with his piss-filled water pistol and is quoted in the arrest affidavit telling cops that he would do it again. He's facing one misdemeanor count of battery from the law and probably, hopefully, social exile for the rest of his life. After his $500 cash bond was paid, Benjamin was released the same day he was booked, the Sunday of April 14th. He was born in New York. That's what it says. Yep, born in New York. I really hate that they've turned the comments off on all of these. Because they would be, you know, sometimes the comments are funnier than the actual story. All right, I lied. One more random.
0: Dude.
1: That's just not right. What is wrong with you? (sighs) Florida man rigs door in attempt to electrocute wife. I'm not sure if he's trying to keep her in or keep her out. Palm Coast Flagler County Sheriff's Office, Flagler County Sheriff's deputies responded to 110 Whitehall Drive in Palm Coast on December 26th. Oh, dude, day after Christmas. Come on. To conduct a security check of the property after the homeowner contacted authorities about suspicious statements made by his son-in-law regarding not letting a child touch the front door of the home. Holy moly. He's got jumper cables and the whole nine yards. Once Once on scene, deputies observed that the front door appeared to be barricaded and there were burn marks near the door handle. The deputy kicked the door, and upon doing so, a large spark was observed. Based on observations made by the deputies on scene, it was apparent that the suspect rigged electrical devices to the top door lock and lower door handle in an attempt to electrocute and cause bodily harm, injury, or even death to whomever attempted to unlock and open the front door of the residence. A thorough investigation found that Michael Scott Wilson, 32, rigged the door in an attempt to cause great bodily harm to his estranged wife. He also stole a firearm belonging to his wife's father from the house. A warrant was signed for Wilson's arrest, and he was located in Knoxville, Tennessee, around 1230 p.m. on Thursday and taken into custody. Wilson is charged with two counts of attempted aggravated battery on a pregnant person. Holy moly, she was pregnant and one count of grand theft of a firearm. He is being held on a $150,000 bond and will be extradited to the Flagler County Detention Facility to face charges. This is one of the most bizarre domestic violence cases I have seen in my career, said Sheriff Rick Staley. Not only did this man plan to electrocute his wife, but he could have injured a deputy or any person attempting to enter this residence. Thankfully, this man was found and taken into custody before he could cause the harm he intended. This is an ongoing investigation and dismal charges are pending. Okay, he not only tried to electrocute his wife, he tried to kill the baby, too. I'm thinking the kid ain't his. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking there's, there's, there's some, there's gotta be, I, I don't know. I don't know. A uh, Florida man attacks Floridian woman and her son over Twinkie figurine. Okay, that may have to be the last one, because that's just weird. A Florida man is behind bars after reportedly attacking a woman and her son over a Twinkie the Kid figurine, the mascot for Twinkies. 34-year-old Charles Porter is facing two battery charges and one of burglary and criminal mischief. He lives in Port Orange, about 30 miles away from the Target where the intended incident occurred, according to the arrest affidavit. See, nothing good ever happens at Target. On Saturday, around 11 a.m., a deputy responded to a call from the Target at 5100 Florida 100 in Palm Coast. A witness said a woman was assaulted and pulled out of her vehicle. The 64-year-old victim and her son told the sheriff that they were waiting inside of Target to find a Funko Pop figurine, but couldn't find any. The mother asked an employee to check overstock. After they dug through a supply box, they found one, a Funko Pop Twinkie the Kid toy. It looks like a turd in a cowboy hat. It really does. I'm telling you, Google Twinkie the Kid. It looks like a pale colored turd in a cowboy hat and boots. She was only allowed to purchase one because these things are apparently in high demand. They were actually people waiting outside the store, presumably with their spoiled bratty kids. Why is this not charging? I don't understand what is going on with my phone. My charger is not working. There we go. Okay. Okay. We are back in business. All right. As I was saying, she paid for the Twinkie toy and went, <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> she paid for her Twinkie toy. <laughs> Maybe because it's like 1.30 in the morning, but that just doesn't sound right. Okay, let's try this again. Maintain. Come on, maintain. She paid for the Twinkie toy and went to her vehicle, leaving her son behind so she could pull up the car and pick him up. Porter, who was inside of the store waiting for the particular Funko Pop toy, followed the boy outside and started yelling at him and punching him in the head. His ride finally pulled up. The Florida man pushed the kid out of the way and jumped into her vehicle and bolted over the seat and punched her in the cheek. Charles grabbed the Funko Pop figurine and tore the box open the report states. Then he ran off. The mother, a true Floridian, chased Charles down the road and grabbed his shirt to stop him. Charles Porter tore his shirt off to escape the angry mother's clutches. She grabbed his pants to hold on to him until police arrived, but the Florida man got away by pushing her to the ground. He didn't make it far, though, because he was still in the parking lot when sheriffs arrived. Apparently, these toys are collectibles and worth about 20 Publix subs. If they have to chase, if they have the chase sticker like this one in the story. Uh, what? Oh, there's a little sticker on the box. Well, all right. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it is it's to be noted that the item in question is a Funko Pop Twinkie the Kid collectible figurine. The box is adorned with a specific Chase sticker on the packaging. According to Charles, Sandra, and Paul, the price of the figurine is $10 and is worth 150 if sold on the Internet if a figurine has that specific sticker on the packaging. So, yeah, he destroyed the box so that it wasn't worth anything because he couldn't have it. Dude. All right. I think we're going to wrap this session up. We have been at this for almost an hour and a half now. We are going to say goodnight to Florida. Thank you for a wonderful three months. And, yeah, we're going to hang on to Florida Man for a little while longer. Just because, you know, there's enough Florida Man weirdness to go around. Really, there is. All right, everybody. It's been a wonderful Wow, brain just shut off. <laughs> End of podcast. <clears throat> Test pattern. Okay, it's been a good show. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will be back next week in a whole new location. <laughs> See, The joys of being a traveling person is you get podcasts from all over the place. Next week, we will be podcasting from New Brunswick. So until then, everybody, have a good week. Stay out of trouble. Stay clean, don't lick shit, and above all, be kind. Alright everybody, see ya. Carry
0: on way, There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.